Mayfly, an audiobook project written and narrated by Ray Fletcher. Chapter 13 Marianne was humming as she returned home. Gravel crunched under her boots. The sun was bright, the wind was cool. It was one of those gorgeous days, perfect days, a day when the loud and angry songs didn't match. Idiot. She sang a bit of Dave Matthews, a guilty pleasure, but it fit perfectly. She ignored the trees at the side of the driveway. There was nothing there that could hurt her. Not now. I can go running later, maybe. Just a couple of kilometers. Get back into it. Maybe go find a financial aid office. As she crossed the patch of lawn in front of the trailer, she heard voices floating through the open window. The screen obscured most of the details of the kitchen. She heard her mom's familiar tones, but not quite her words. Jean's truck wasn't outside. Anyway, it sounded like a woman. I'll get that for you, Mom. She stopped short. A wave of wrong, familiar and strange, rolled down her spine. It sounded like her, kind of. Like her on a recording. You just sit there, honey. You need your rest. It's fine. It's still so early, right? And these days they say women should stay active. I've noticed how much you've been sleeping. I thought something was up. I told John, even. Something is up with her. It's gonna be great. I wish the wedding could be a little bigger. You can splash out later, maybe. Like on an anniversary. Lots of people do that these days. After Bobby graduates. I can work part-time for a few months more. It would be nice to move down with him. It's your first. You should be with family. Sharon and I can help out. You don't realize now how hard it's going to be start with. I have books out to research it. Always books, her mom laughed. You never would ask for help. Anyway, books can't prepare you for the real thing. She heard water running into the kitchen sink. Her mom was going to do the dishes. A face appeared, blurry, in the window. Her own face. She drew breath to shout, to scream. She watched herself hold a finger to her lips. She thought of her mom and all of the ways she could be hurt in that kitchen and slapped a hand over her mouth, whimpering softly. I think I really do need to stretch my legs a bit. Get some fresh air. Okay, honey. Don't forget about the doctor this afternoon. Never. Oh my God, it will be the first picture of my baby. The screen door slammed, and someone came out. Someone who looked exactly like her. It was her own hair and a ponytail. It wore her clothes and her shoes. It was her walking down the sway-backed porch steps almost bubbling over with fake cheer. When she saw it clearly in the sun, she was hit with a wave of dizziness that made her stagger. Oh dear, let me help you. We don't want you falling and hurting your little one. She jerked her hand back. What? Quiet now. We don't want Mom noticing this. I'd have to take care of things. You don't want me taking care of things. Marianne swallowed back all the gibbering panic that threatened to burst out. The sound of rinse water reached her and the rattle of dishes. Good girl. Always so quiet. Always so cold. Always so much better than everyone else. It laughed. How humiliating this year must be. No money. No school. Now you're knocked up trash. It's everything you were so afraid to be. It jerked its head toward the back of the trailer park. Come on. I think we have a lot to talk about. The back corner had once been a playground. It was grown over almost completely, 
small trees sheltering it from the wind and, more importantly, from the trailers around it. The other, her, sat on the splintered grey remains of the seesaw and smiled, full of broken glass, and padded the space beside it. Come, we have to rest while we can. The next year is going to be rough on us. Marianne stayed near the trees. Every time she looked at it, she felt a wave of disgust. What are you? You know who I am. I'm you. A better you. It shook its head. When was the last time you made your mom laugh? Every time I don't snap at her, she looks a little happier. Of course she cried when she found out. It patted its stomach. But she's come around. I'm just so excited about our baby that it's rubbed off on her. You're the thing from that place. It bowed mockingly. You're a child, in a way. So really, my baby is your child and grandchild all in one. Weird, isn't it? I figured you'd be smarter than this, letting Bobby's little swimmers reach Doc. You're a monster. A lying monster. No more than you are. It shook its finger. You've been very bad, hurting our poor creatures. They're killing people. Everything needs to eat. It cocked its head. The wrongness of it kept coming back, new and fresh, making her feel ill. Different than looking in a mirror. Almost unfamiliar. You aren't doing it alone. We know that. I thought the door was closed. It's stuck closed without me. It is. I came out with the rest of them. It took some time to finish myself. I'd only just learned you. From when I went there. Partly. I was strong enough to follow you here a few times. You can learn a lot about a person by watching them sleep. It was you that night, outside my window. A near miss. I wasn't expecting you to be awake. It was still so new. It frowned. Only whispers slip through the door now. You need to open it again. Fuck that. Fuck you. That would be really messed up, Mare. But I have noticed how our body gets revved up around certain people. How you got us knocked up when you really want to fuck Charlene, I will never know. I do not. I never thought that way about her. Women, though. Eyes and hair and tits and ass. You look, don't you? You hunger and you push it all the way down. You don't want to be one of those people. Shut up. Gay. Homo. Rug muncher. Dyke. Shut up. Its eyes were bright with glee. You glued yourself to the idiot boy so you wouldn't have to be that deplorable thing. He isn't an idiot. It howled with laughter. She understood the laugh and its feelings so well and felt herself turn red. You're kidding, right? I'm you. I know exactly what you think. Every nasty, shitty little thing. He's just something to rub against because you're afraid of what you really want. That's not true. It regarded her with patronizing pity. It's going to be hard ignoring all of those urges after you get hitched. But I guess once you have a kid hanging off your tit, you won't be thinking about finger-banging your best friend. The river of words was spoken with calculated malice. Marianne lifted her chin. All you're doing is lying. Me? Come now, Mare. I'm not the one running around behind my mom's back, hunting with a vampire. When Marianne didn't react, she looked surprised. She's told you. I know what she is. I know what I am. Maybe. Maybe. You're lying about everything. Just trying to get to me. Oh, Mare. Not about this. Its fingers drummed on its stomach. When was your last period? 
I know how tired you felt. Smells are getting to you. Little things, but you know what they mean. She shook her head, feeling her heart drop. We're going to get a look at it today. I suppose you can go now. I wasn't really looking forward to playing the blissful idiot girl for the doctor. I can let you do the heavy lifting, going to your shitty fast food job, wasting all those hours with Bobby and Charlene. Honestly, I can't see a single redeeming feature to him. Barely even a starter boyfriend. I had to be better. That's why they didn't wait for me yesterday. Why would they wait for you? I'm the one they made plans with. They're so hungry to spend time with you. You shouldn't be such a snob. Its laugh sounded plastic. But you know that he's a nothing, don't you? You were just too scared of being less than nothing without him. Well, now you have him on the hook. Enjoy that. And his parents. Sharon and Don. Its voice pitched high and mocking. Shitty taste in curtains. You'll have fun living with that bossy nightmare. Smiling through visiting them was enough to drive me to drink. Oh, but there's no more of that either. What have you done? Nothing much. Just given you the best possible future. Actually, I should give this to you, I suppose. It held out the plain gold ring. Marianne was glued to the spot and set the ring on the weathered wood. She hated gold. The wedding is in a couple of weeks. Just a little one for now, so the dates are all reasonable. It seems bastardy is still a thing these days. They've decided you'll live with his parents while he goes to university. I imagine he'll be getting his dick wet down south, but you'll have your hands full taking care of your new baby. They say that you're not a real woman until you have one. It's the only real form of love, they say. You'll be very fulfilled. Fuck you. You know, if you just opened the gate again and honored your promise, all of this would come to a screeching halt. I'll stay out here, a vanguard for all the glory to come, and you won't have to worry about anything ever again. There's just joy, Marianne, and play, unending days of play. No one will hurt you or lie to you. You won't feel fear or disappointment. It's contentment, forever. It stood up, stretching. It was wearing one of Marianne's favorite t-shirts. I'll give you a few days to mull the options. Then I'm afraid I'll have to force your hand. Where are you going? Don't worry. Mom's safe for now. I'm going home. I'll come find you when it's time for you to answer. It waved and hopped the low picket fence, disappearing down the hill away from the trailer park. Marianne was left with the wind and the distant sound of a train and the cats that weren't supposed to be here anyway, meowing inside number 12. She hid when her mom came out to call for her. A little later, she watched the car depart with a frustrated revving. When Marianne was sure she was gone, she crept into the trailer, feeling like an intruder in her own house. She changed and raided her small stash of savings taped under her desk. Just in case, she stuffed a change of clothes in her pack and a few essentials. Nothing seemed normal anymore. She had to be ready for not normal. Then she went to a drugstore. Mid-afternoon in the adult section of the public library meant that she was largely unbothered. She took the test in a bathroom stall, then she cried, deep, hysterical sobs that turned her raw and made her throw up. She shoved the bag and the test deep into the trash and sat on the floor of the stall, hugging her knees. She berated herself for not seeing, not noticing, not whatever it was that she was supposed to have done. The weird things people said, the plans she didn't remember. 
She should have paid better attention. She should have known something was wrong. She should have known she was pregnant. She felt ash waking up. It moved her to wash her face and run wet fingers through her hair. She didn't feel better. God, she didn't know what could make her feel better at this point. But more alert. Ash was hurrying, coming closer, and she tried to compose herself. She sat on the bathroom counter, staying where she was so Ash could find her. It wasn't long before there was a little rush of wind and fresh air. Ash appeared, ghost pale in the bathroom light. Marianne hesitantly held out her arms. Ash held her close as she wrapped her arms and legs around her. All of the hot confusion and fear melted away from the cool of her. Marianne, my darling. She shuddered against her. Ash rubbed her back soothingly. All day I felt it. I wanted to come. I'm so sorry you had to pass this time alone. It isn't your fault. It's what you are. And that's okay, she added. What happened? There was someone in my house. She was me. She had my face and my voice. She was there with my mom, and my mom was talking to her like she was me. She told me that she'd been with my friends. She knew everything, but she was... was wrong. She felt wrong. Ash nodded. A doppelganger. I've seen one before. They're very rare. He made it. Out of me. She didn't look at the trash. She couldn't. Not yet. It was too much to deal with, just then. She could tell Ash later, maybe, when she'd had time to think. Doppelgangers belong to their makers. If there's one out there, it serves him, and we have to hunt it. Me. It. It might look like you, and share knowledge with you, but it's nothing to do with you. As long as you think it does, it will have power over you. She nodded, reassured somehow, by not having to share even that little bit of humanity. It makes me sick to look at it, like I get dizzy. I'll do it. As shivered. Marianne searched her face, seeing the struggle in it. Then Ash gave a firm nod. I'll kill it, though the thought of hurting anything that looks like you feels a sin. Marianne had thought she was afraid, but it wasn't that, and the expression on her face made her feel strange, and something she thought might be happy. She played with the end of Ash's braid. Dyke. But it didn't seem bad. Should I cut my hair, so you can tell us apart? It was a weak joke, she thought Ash's laugh was partly relief. I'd miss it. She kissed Marianne softly. When we're done with the doppelganger, we'll move on him. We'll sort out your plan. We'll end him. Marianne nodded. Everything else would wait. Do you know where it went? No. It said it was going home, but it said the door was closed, so I don't think it could be going back there. Did it mean your home? With your ma? It didn't go there. It's made of you. It shares your memories up to the time that it became itself. Where else would it think of as home? I don't... Oh, I think... Maybe where I grew up? Out west of town. Let's go then, my girl, and see what we can see. Driving up the street of her old neighborhood felt weird. It was like putting a jacket on after summer and finding out that the creases didn't quite match anymore. She recognized a motorhome in one yard and a boat in another, but not the truck in a third. The evening itself was familiar. The heat was rapidly dissipating, but it was summer and people were clinging to what day remained. She could smell barbecue. The air still echoed with the snicking sounds of lawn sprinklers. There was easy laughter. 
Somewhere music was playing. The whole neighborhood was nice. Charlene nice. Bobby nice. Go to university nice. It was supposed to be mine. Ours. Ash's fingers brushed against hers. Marianne took a steadying breath. That didn't matter now. Just the other her. It's okay. Just been a long time. Some places are hard to return to. In the shadowy dusk, beneath a rattling birch tree, Ash lifted Marianne's hand and kissed her fingers. It's easier now. I mean, with you. The house where she used to live was at the end of a deep cul-de-sac. When they'd lived there, it had been like a private road, with no one else around. Since then, a few more driveways had sprouted. They'd visited people in houses like that, like hers. After her dad died, they didn't visit anymore, and no one came. Everything was different. In the empty living room, her mom swore at people who'd once been friends. My mom didn't deal with it all that well. I guess my dad messed up the finances, and he... Well, people got on with their lives. For her and her mom, everything had started rolling back like a car whose engine had given way on a hill. One night, her mom had shaken her awake and said they were leaving. Sleepy and confused, she'd followed her to the garage. The minivan was loaded up. She watched the house and all of the inviolate, forever things in her life disappear in the mirror. We're going home. A new, little home. Just big enough for the two of us. It's just you and me now. Her breath had smelled of alcohol. We have to be a team. Can you help your mom? When Marianne said the trailer smelled of pee, her mom had slapped her and sent her to what would be her room. She had slept on the floor, listening to her mom cry, and that had been that. She guessed the bank must have been after the house at that point, and her mom didn't want to face them or the neighbors. Sneaking away at night was better for her pride. She'd gotten a few loads of possessions out, cramming the trailer, then the minivan was gone too. I can go on alone. Look what happened to you the last time I let you go alone. Here now, Marianne smiled. The cul-de-sac widened, revealing the white stucco fence with its lamps on the gate posts. Number 1778 was well tended, still nice enough to rival any other house in the neighborhood. It shocked her to see it, so close to what she remembered, but not quite. The warm glow of lamps reminded her of evenings of playing on the living room floor while her parents watched TV. Its sprinkler was on, making glittering arches above the lawn. Looking with normal eyes, there was nothing amiss. Looking with the help of the pendant, though. Jesus Christ. It bulged and burst and shrank like a time-lapse video of rotting fruit, cycling from chalky gray-white to thick black. It smelled wet and rancid, strong enough to double her over, and she threw up in the bushes. Are you sure you can do it? Ash smoothed her hair back. Nothing else to come out. Gallo's humor. It's a good look. She kissed her cheek. You see it. His creatures spread misery. Evil. Whatever they want, you should want the opposite. That's what you see. The thin places are usually nice to look at. Doors are benign. Even the one you opened. This isn't a door. It's a nest of sorts. Will it be like those insects? Doppelgangers are different again. Can we stay together? Ash took her hand. Marianne kissed her fingers like Ash had kissed hers, then looked down, embarrassed. Together, my darling. 
Here endeth the chapter. Mayfly is an urban paranormal fantasy narrative project with a new chapter uploaded every two weeks until the novel is done or my vocal cords fall off. Subscribe to Patreon for early access and occasional exclusive content. For social media, blog posts, and links to other work, please visit www.houseofie.com. That's House of V-A-Y-I.com. For past chapters, a one-time donation to coffee is greatly appreciated. Music is White Horse on the Beach by Nature's Eye. It and other royalty-free media is available at pixabay.com. Thank you for listening. An audience is the greatest gift an artist can have.